That was hilarious. <laughs> when you, I, was, uh, I, I, I almost cracked up. Like, <laughs> I, I, you brought me on, and you're like, Mike's going to take over. I was going to say, why? Why am I taking over? Technical difficulties. How do I keep a straight face? I see Brock cracking one, two, while he's still talking. I'm like... Every sports fan has an opinion. Well, these are ours. Ours. Welcome to Brock and Pep's Unsportsmanlike Convo. And here are your hosts, Brock Fleming and Pep Cariotti. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It is Brock here. As you see from the screen, I do not have my co-host with me today. P-Dog is off. He's on strike until we get paid, I think. Uh, I'm not sure. If that's the case, he might be off for a while. Um, it's my pleasure to welcome back a guest who's jumped on when we've needed him and uh, always has very insightful takes on sports. It's none other Hello? I wish than St. Charles. I wish I was a baller. I wish I had a girl who looked good. I would call her. I look forward to you coming on the show every time because I love playing that intro music. How you doing, Sig? <laughs> I, lo- I love it too. How are you, man? Thank you. I'm good. For Thanks a lot for coming on. Really appreciate you stepping up. Obviously, we got a lot to discuss because NFL football playoffs have, uh, well, they're right in the meat of it. And I think this weekend, right. as we get into it, are probably one of the best playoff weekends I've ever experienced in my lifetime. And uh, I think you, I've seen all the games, and I think you're probably of the same mindset. I, I agree 100%. That's all I've been hearing from all the, the fans, um, people that I know that watch football, all the people that I know that I've played with and everything. They're all saying that it might be the best football that they've ever seen, uh, the best playoff weekend they've ever seen. So, yeah, I'm excited to get into it. All right. We have a couple of uh, housekeeping things. Is this the right intro? No, it's not. I have a different one. We have some birthdays that I wanted to celebrate today and all around this day. So we're going to start off with Mr. Ken Tasker, who was on the show a couple times. My scramble, Ottawa Sun scramble golf partner. That's a shot of him there. I'd say that was us playing together. Actually, I think it is. But, uh, yeah, we haven't uh, moved on to the next one. But, anyway, Big Kenny's got his birthday. I got a buddy... Down in Miami, Evan Margulies, happy birthday to you as well. That's tomorrow. Big guy played at uh, Kansas State. Uh, I think he roomed with, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Darren Sproles. Darren Sproles down at Kansas State. Um, Anyway, he's got a couple buddies that play for the Eagles and stuff too, so he's always there. And he's a big Niner fan, so he's pretty pumped right now. Oh, he must be. And last but not least on my list... Well, actually, no. I have one more on my list, too. But this is Dave Azzi. You know, that's my brother from another mother. That's him in my arms, like a little baby, us scoring. Uh, so, Dave, that's uh, your birthday today. Happy birthday, brother. I love you. Happy birthday, Dave. And uh, the only one I don't have a picture for, because I didn't really have pre-approval um, to put any of their pictures okay. up, is uh, producer Mike's brother. So, my brother-in-law, Tony Pignat, his birthday is tomorrow as well. So, happy birthday, Tony. Happy birthday, Tony. All right, on that, we have a special guest. It was a last-minute addition today because we got some pretty cool news. We got some. He got some pretty cool news. I didn't get anything. Um, But we are going to bring him on. Uh, Where is he right now? So Scott Endicott joined us today. He is officially the Bet Regal Community MVP. Another one. What's up, Sig? What's up? How are you? So, Scott, why don't you take a quick second and tell us about this Bet Regal Community MVP, what it means, how you got nominated, how you won, how did you find out? Give us a little something here. Give us some something. Uh, it was our friend Hugh Doyle who nominated me, had no clue. Out of the blue, and I got an email, what, I guess it was last week, you were on it, saying that uh, he nominated me. I guess it was supposed to be a surprise, because then the, I guess, Bet Regal, whoever the head of that is, 
sent an email and said, hey, you know, we want to have a, a meeting with you to kind of have an interview. So I thought today was an interview because they're like interviewing a whole bunch of other people. That was not the case. They, they floored me pretty good. So I'm like going through our story, you know, how we started CFI and we transitioned from, you know, going into combines, going into three kids in a gym, going to partnering with Ottawa U to 120 kids, you know, before COVID hit and how we've progressed that business and how, you know, we've never in CFI ever turned away a kid because of money, you know, right. I grew up, Brock knows this, but I grew up with not a ton of cash. I was raised by a single mom, you know, Brock's going to these, you know, combines and things. I couldn't afford it. So when Brock brought me into CFI, he's like, this is what I want to do. I'm like, I'm in, you know, this is pretty cool. So we started introducing, uh, beginning of CFI was introducing kids into combines and then we moved obviously up. And then once we got into that, we were like, hey, you know, we don't want to let any kid not be part of a program based on money. So if they, you know, they don't have any cash or they can't get in because they just don't have the funds or single moms is a, obviously a, a soft spot for me. So I usually, I'm jumping all over like, hey, I'll help you out. You know, do you need payment plan? Do you need... You know, uh, can you, what can you afford type of thing? So, and then Brock, uh, you and I know that we've tried to do a nonprofit, but didn't know where to go from there. And we just happened, you know, it's always interesting how it, you know, things get paid forward. Speaking of Dave Azee, you know, he reached out to, to B saying that his cousin was looking for training. He thought of us. We went and met with the, we, we spoke to the woman, Karen, who's, you know, a good friend of ours now. Mm -hmm. And we had three of their sons all in our program. And then she met with us and said, hey, how can we help you guys out? And we started talking about our program, where we want to go. We're looking into nonprofits. And she's like, oh, hey, by the way, I deal with nonprofits. And then introduced us to J.P. Asselin, who's uh, the, uh, basically the lead, I guess, person at Bronson Center for, for helping you know do grants and stuff like that. Put us in contact with a lawyer. Then we got, you know, then we, we basically created this, which was Football Forward. And moving into uh, the nonprofit realm and trying to grow the the game of football. Is it JP Aslane? Is that his name? Yeah, isn't it? Well, JP nope. for sure, but Aslane was he not the coach for Ottawa? You? I feel like we're mixing up the last name. Anyway, Maybe. JP is who yeah. we know, and JP <laughs> is a rock JP star in the <laughs> nonprofit community. Um, and yeah, helped us absolutely immensely um, with getting that set up and, and getting our first grant and all that kind of stuff. Um, but, uh, yeah, I was shocked anyway, because uh, so I was going through this whole thing and then, uh, Ali from, uh, uh, Regal is like, Oh, one second, I have a call coming in for some reason. You're like, Oh, here, uh, I think here we got some people on and it ends up being, uh, um, Damon Allen and Matt Dunnigan. JP Melville, 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 I don't know how producer Mike knew that. He just sent me the chat mm -hmm. in the back to like confirm. Good job, Mike. One, I have That's no a good idea. Good producer, right there. Yeah, right. right? That's awesome. great. Fact checking. <laughs> so, yeah. So then I continue to have a conversation with uh, Damon Allen, Matt Dunnigan, and Ali from Bed, and they're congratulating me, and I'm shocked. I'm like, oh, this is like, <laughs> so yeah. I'm floored. You know me, B. I don't like being in the spotlight too much. I'm doing this because you begged me to come on. Yeah, I said you have two minutes. I'm kidding, I'm You've been kidding. going on for the last beg. six. Come on. Did not no. beg. <laughs> but anyway, I'm 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 honored. I sent uh, Hugh an email. You know, I was shocked to begin with, uh, you know, that he wanted to nominate me. So I'm honored. I don't know anything else than that other than say like blessed. You know, we've had a good run with our you know, trying to build up football in the Ottawa area and I think we're just getting started with football forward. So I mean it's an awesome honor. Hugh's a, a longtime friend of ours, CFI uh, coach and stuff too, but just a, a, an overall great dude. So the fact that he uh, nominated you was awesome and took some initiative there, which was great. So what is it uh, now that you are the Bet Real Community MVP? What does that mean? Do you have like some house money to bet with? Like what are they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Rolling it all on KC, baby. <laughs> That's no, so we got a, I, I got a $5,000 grant that I can uh, 
uh, go towards any sort of charity that I want. Very cool. Uh, so I think NCAP awesome. is going to be where I'm going to be sending that mm -hmm. money to help them because we want to partner with them with Football Forward and NCAP to help grow the game. One of our missions is to get into, you know, marginalized area, new new Canadians coming into Canada that aren't familiar with the, the, the sport, right? There's a lot of athletes that are in other sports that come from outside of our country that would probably love football. They're just not introduced to it. Maybe because, A, they don't know about it. B, they don't have the money. And that's where Football Ford, you know, wants to step in and get into those groups and start building the, the, the ground ground up. Like, we need to start getting younger kids because football now is, you know, you, the levels at 7 and 8 are super low for registration. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that it echoes what you're doing with flag football, you and your wife um, and stuff too. So getting kids exposed to it and whatever. So that's, that's uh, great. And I think you guys got season tickets to the Red Blacks too. We did. Yeah. Season tickets. I'm going to get some red black swag and some bet regal swag. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, how much, how much goes into your account though? Come on, Allie. Sign me up. Yeah. Right. Well, that is uh that's awesome, and uh, just to, to go off of what uh, uh, what you've been doing for uh, with uh, with CFI and stuff, what we're doing, obviously our registration is open. We're going to be actually doing a program yeah. starting in February. Yeah. We'll be doing a five-week cool. program uh, once things open up February 1st. So registration's open. If you're looking, if you have a kid that wants to play football, wants to get exposed to it, we have younger groups. We also have older groups, those who want specialized training from coaches that have all played at the professional level for each individual position. So if you're interested, that's the link on the screen, canadianfootballinstitute.com slash registration2022. And on that note, I forgot to do your, your intro music, so I'm going to give you an outro music uh, one that we have anyway. It's also my ringtone for you. Scotty's a gambler. Scotty, keep doing what you're doing. You're leaving your mark on the community. We love you. And thanks a lot for coming on. Now uh, get back to your uh, fatherly duties. All right, boys. Take care. Thanks for having me, B. All right. We'll talk to you guys. soon. Take care. All right. Um, I didn't bring it up while he was on this, um, but <clears throat> there is a um, whatever. I got this in one of my social media things. It was a question, so I'm going to bring this up now for those can kind of see it, and we'll probably address it later. I'll get your feedback on it. But this was one that I thought was interesting. It was a fourth and goal from the one yard line. Game on the line. Who's getting the ball? What's ironic is that Marshawn Lynch is there, and <laughs> <laughs> if, if Pete Carroll was doing this thing, he'd say, "Screw it, I'm throwing the slant." Anyway. Is what it is. Uh, so anybody can think about that. You got comments. You want to throw that in? What your answers are? What your what? Who you would choose? By all means, share it, and we'll take a peek as we get going. But I'll give you my uh, uh, my choice at the end, and I'll get Sigs and Mike's as well uh, before we do our picks. Okay, um, this is an all NFL show. I don't even know if we need to do like the NFL, like, but uh, I mean, that's it. It is what it is. We're gonna go right into the news here, Mike. So you can get your finger off the button. I know you're waiting for it. Um, a couple of things before we get into the actual games. Uh, Green Bay apparently reaches out to Aaron Rodgers, and Aaron Rodgers is going to be a, a free agent after this year. They've basically told him that they're not doing a rebuilding phase, so that's kind of like their their ploy to uh, to keep him. If you're Aaron Rodgers, do you stay with Green Bay or do you have another fit that you think is better for him? I don't have another another fit for him, uh, but clearly I think I – well, not clearly, but I think he has something else in mind. Um, I don't know exactly what, what team that is, but I feel like he – it would be like a slight revenge thing. Like I'm going to play, you know, NFC – and I'm going to come back and I'm going to play you guys, you know, twice a year and beat you again, <laughs> you know, or beat or beat you. That, that, yeah. That's just what I'm, I'm thinking. I think it, uh, Green Bay has a bitter taste in his mouth, especially now, even the way that they went out. I know we'll address that later. But uh, yeah. So would you, it, it, is there an NFC spot that you think that he would fit in well or that you would like to see him? Or if you're an Aaron Rodgers in that mindset, who would you go with? I got mine. I'm, I, honestly, I'm not. I'm not sure. I think it's still kind of early for me right now. Um, I mean, a lot of moves are made, you know, uh, once everything's kind of said and done. So I don't want to go and say I'm some mind reader 
Who do you have? Uh, I'm interested. Who do you have? Uh, well, <clears throat> I thought it was not an original take, but I thought, you know, I hadn't heard it before. And I was like, you know what? This makes, to me, makes perfect sense. And then I watched TSN this morning, and my old buddy, our Monday morning quarterback, Jesse Palmer, throws out the same thing. I text him right away, Instagram, and said, you you just took it. I was going to talk about it on the show. I thought it was going to be all perfect, original. And then you <laughs> go and time. throw this take out. I said, now it's going to look yeah. like I'm taking your stuff. And he's like, oh, great minds think alike. I'm like, yeah, I guess so. But <clears throat> after the Packers 49ers game, oh. I thought the 49ers are exactly where he should go. I'm like a short-term solution. Trey Lance is not ready. Jimmy G is not the guy. You get a guy like Aaron Rodgers on a team that has just beaten you by a running team and special teams and pretty good defense, say, you know what? What's the missing piece? You need an elite quarterback. Say, hey, now you got a Debo Samuel, some of those other receiving cores, Kittle, like decent weapons, as good if not maybe overall better than Green Bay, yep. arguably, mm-hmm. depending. You know, Devontae Adams and have a relationship, that is it. Adams is also a free agent. So <clears throat> wherever Rodgers goes, if you have the money, you might make that work anyway. But San Francisco is built to win now, mm-hmm. and they just beat you. You can bring something to the table. You're a California kid. You grew up liking the 49ers. You played at Cal. Like, it all makes sense to go to the Niners and say, you know what? I'm a short-term solution there, maybe two or three years. Let's get one. Maybe we're, we're pushing for two. Who knows? Two yeah. or three. Like, you're a, a contender at that point, and uh, I think he would be a great fit there if they can make it work. Thanks, I Jesse, said, for I, spoiling it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I said I thought that was going to be uh... – what ended up happening prior to him playing this season. Um, I remember saying that. And, uh, and for all those exact reasons, you know, he always wanted to play for San Francisco. Um, and then again, the whole revenge thing for me, that, that would, that would make sense. And then again, just like you said, he's more of a short term. We don't know how long exactly this guy's going to keep playing. Trey Lance is not ready. Yeah. Yeah. That's, but a, that's a good one. I like that. If you want to ride the spite train, you go to Chicago. Oh, that, you know how I'd feel about that. <laughs> right? This guy's broken my heart for, for so many years. But if you want to play the spite card, because you need to play Green Bay multiple times a year, that's not going to happen in San Francisco until it gets to playoffs. And maybe they don't even make the playoffs. Yeah. You want to play that card, you're doing somebody in the division. Maybe even Minnesota. You know what I mean? Like, is... Mm-hmm. You know, you yeah, get rid of not, Cousins. I don't feel like any of those teams are set <clears throat> on, their, on their quarterback at all. No, they're definitely not set on their quarterback. Do they have enough uh, uh, pieces to actually make it appealing enough for him? I'm not sure. Right. But that's where I would probably go um, if I was to play the spike card. But if I just want to win and kind of save my – reputation i guess as now like yeah you've won a super bowl but that was so long ago and you haven't done anything else really in the playoffs that Mm -hmm. you're kind of starting to get that choker tag right so you need to shake that i think you go to a place that actually can win and and compete and you need to do that and i think that's where san francisco comes into play Mm -hmm. um i also on a side note i feel like our female listeners have gone up since you started talking because you got such a like a Soft voice, like you're just kind of anyway. All right, um, <clears throat> uh, okay, so that's uh, <clears throat> that's the Rodgers thing. Sean Payton, the coach for the New Orleans Saints, yes, retires after 15 seasons. Um, where would you put him? Let's say all time coaches, he's had some success, won a couple Super Bowls, you know. I mean, up until Breeze left, that team was continually competing in that division. You know, where yep. do you see him? Is he, I don't know, top 10? No, I'm not asking to name 10 of them, but. Yeah, I put him top 10. I would, I would. He, he was consistent. I mean, uh, you know, there's something about consistency in the NFL and winning games. Um, I think he, uh, I think he definitely had that team um, as a contender for so many years that, that, uh, you know, he had continued success with that team. So, yeah, no, I, I give him a top 10. I think he's up there. I think he's a quality individual. Him. 
Uh, you know, I think he does some really good things. North, and he's gone through some tough times. Yeah, this, I'm assuming, is also Alex Scannerbury, who's putting in there that SIG is hosting late-night radio, or he's doing <laughs> the strip club DJ thing. Um, that's just hearsay, Alex, and there's no experience there. Um, nope. Yeah, uh, the other thing with Sean Payton is, again, you're, you're coaching a team that went through, you know, a big, devastating hurricane, Katrina, and all that kind of stuff, too, and, and to really um, – I don't know, use the team to really build up the the morale and, and stuff with an actual city like that. And that connection, yeah. I think, does play into um, my thoughts on the guy. And I think that, uh, you know, he's really left his mark on the game. So I think he's up there as well. Yep. Um, <clears throat> Tom Brady's future is obviously in question. He says it's not uh, always up to his decision, which means we got to wait for Giselle to decide whether or not he's coming back. Of course. Uh, yes. Think he comes back? I don't think he leaves like this. Um, I think he comes back for one more. I think I think he's going to come back for one more. I do. Like he doesn't lose two years in a row very often. So no. I, I agree with you. I think he comes back. I think it's either. I mean, it's all or nothing. You win, he yep. goes out on top. I think he goes out regardless. You win, you go out yeah. on top. You lose, exactly. it's like okay, I just don't have it anymore. Yeah, I feel I feel like they kind of sputtered near the end of the season there, and and you know personnel wise. And you know, AB, that not that working out the way it did too. Like, AB was always uh, like an accessory that was just kind of there. You know what I mean? So he wasn't like a huge piece. He was hurt a lot. So it wasn't like, was it a big distraction? Like I just don't think anybody really cared. You know? And it's uh, but you know when you have a first like I just mean when you have a guy that you have to have take the first you know first uh, team reps. You know, and then he's in the game taking reps over guys, you know, that, you know, and knowing the things that he's doing, you know, that can affect, you know, when someone else could easily be in that spot and contributing or learning or whatever it is that they're doing, um, mm. you know, the practice and the games and stuff like that. So that's where, you know, he would have a have a negative effect if he's not, you know, completely the team guy at that point. Right. I think the biggest thing for Tom from an offensive standpoint ding one for standpoint is um godwin chris godwin was kind of hurt and yeah, yeah you know so you have your scotty Miller. he was their number one he was their number one yeah receiver. he's number one he's yeah. his first look you know he's got some tight ends got uh, uh evans and stuff like that on the outside mm-hmm. but he needs that like timing route guy he needs to get the ball out of his hands and uh you know like the ed laverty's of touch football for those who know what i'm referring to you know, does he have a great arm? No. <clears throat> is he going to, like, out uh, muscle you from a throw? No. But what he's going to do is he's going to have a relationship with a receiver where he's going to throw before the break, and, and he's basically going to put you in a situation where you can't guard him. And that's what Brady was successful at is, is yep. you know, Wes Welkers, uh, Edelman's, those kind of guys that can um, time up that route. You just know you're on the same page all the time. They're not – 30-yard bombs. They're six, seven yards a catch, and then maybe they fall forward for another two. So it's just – it's timing, and he didn't have and he that. Used his running, yeah, and he used his running backs a lot. Like, like throughout the years, like, I mean, I'm not just going to yep. say that because I'm biased towards the position at all, but <laughs> a little bit. But uh, the running backs that he had, um, you know, uh, some might be better than others, um, but they could all catch the ball, and he was always using those guys a lot, a lot as either screen guys or release guys. And I think Fournette was out for a little bit before he came back from yep. the playoffs too, right? Mm-hmm. So, again, you mentioned timing. Um, you know, you're not in there. You're not practicing. You're not getting the timing down. You're not, not running, likely not running all the same plays, you know, in the playoff game. Um, getting that timing down is, is crucial, and not having all of that is, is not going to help out. He, he has weapons, and he, but he uses all his weapons. So when he doesn't have all of his weapons, it's, a, it's an issue. Um, we'll get into a little bit more of that when we get over the Tampa Rams game, uh, but we're covering a lot of it as is. Uh, on today's edition of Thanks, Captain Obvious, uh, Juju Smith wants to join Kansas <laughs> City in free agency. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> of course. Uh, and the other one was that Urban Meyer says that the Jags' job was his worst experience of his professional life. Thanks, Captain Obvious. Uh, it can't get much worse than that. <laughs> All right. On that note, we are going to get into the actual games. So we're starting Cincy at number one, Tennessee. Joe Burrows against a Tennessee team that has Derrick Henry back. 
that has the best record in the AFC, yeah. has two of the top receivers, I would say. Uh, Julio, I think, was not playing, though, right? Is that right? He, if, if he was playing, I did he. I'm even... just going to check. I know. Yeah, he I was playing. Six for 62. The, okay. Julio and A.J. Brown <clears throat> are very similar. As much as Gabriel Davis and Stefan Diggs have enough of the same accessories that I needed the Bills to win, Singletary to get a touchdown, and Stefan Diggs to get a touchdown <laughs> to win like 200 bucks, that I cheered like Stefan Diggs scored all four touchdowns because I thought it was him. I'm like, well, it's got to be him now. No, it was Davis. It's got to be him now. No, it's Davis. It's got to be him. They look the same. Anyway, A.J. Brown and Julio are yeah. made up very similar. And, hey, he was healthy. So Brown went five yeah. for 142 and a touchdown, a great pass on that touchdown that I saw too. Julio, oh, six for wow, 62. Yeah. Um, but the Bengals held Derrick Henry to 20 rushing attempts. You don't hold him to 20 rushing attempts. He had 20 rushing attempts but held him to 62 yards. That is a win in my books. Huge, huge, huge. That, that right there is, is the reason why they won that game. <laughs> a little late though. It was on another page of things yeah. I had to get to. <laughs> <laughs> no, right there. That just tells you that's that's the reason why uh, you know they won that game. Holding that guy to you know to that number of yards, he's a beast. Easily one of the best running backs that we've seen in, in a while, and uh, you know he gets his all season when he was playing. He got his. Um, I believe he averaged over a hundred yards. He was on pace for, I think he was on pace for 2,000 yards at one point before uh, before he got hurt. Like, yeah, yeah, th- that's that's the reason, and that took steam out of their out of the offense for them. They're a little bit more predictable when when you know you're not going to your uh, your key guy. So what was I mean? Obviously, stopping Derrick Henry is one thing. What impressed you the most? Let's say by the Bengals. Them not being rattled by the the big game. Here we are in our second biggest game ever, and hey, they took the moment. Joe Burrow, this guy's playing like a boss. It, it, it's it's nuts. He's putting the ball where it needs to be. He's not getting rattled. Like I mean, to be sacked so many times, eight times, right? <laughs> eight times. Okay, three by Simmons. That big ninety-eight right in the middle of the, of the thing got him. Joe Burrow's his old line is decent on the left side, is Mm -hmm. subpar significantly on the right side. They need to beef up that offensive line and give him some time because he's doing this right now with spending way too much time on his back. Yeah, absolutely. And he's got weapons. He's got Mm -hmm. the the gusto, if you will. Like, Joe Burrows is fun to watch. He's like a gunslinger with some actual talent behind it. Not scared, ice in his veins, and is just going yep. to town. And I exactly. think the Bengals, I mean, the Titans are, were, I don't want to say they're a weak number one, mm-hmm. but they're a beatable, a beatable, a number, beatable one, number one. Although yep. all year they've been proving me wrong to say, well, they don't have Henry now, they don't have Julio's out, it's going to come and, and it's going to bite them in the ass. They've been winning with all these injuries, which is impressive on its own right. But now you're in playoff football, it's a little bit different. The fact that the Bengals go into Nashville, beat the Titans, hold Henry, that's their game plan, is run it and keep the ball going. And Tannehill's no slouch either. Again, he's putting balls on, on in places on A.G. Brown that you're just like, that. you couldn't throw it any better than that. So these are good, good teams. And the Bengals are winning. So let's say, well, whatever. We're going to get, you know the Bills in Kansas City. What are the Bengals chances against Kansas City do they have a shot and if they do what do they have to do to beat them I I do think they have a shot okay but but I still I still think that Kansas City will will prevail I think at this point Kansas City's just they they know they're that close again and they're just not ready to let this happen again how about those Chiefs? (laughs) yeah I'm not sure this is all uh, Alex or who's in there but I got we got a zero chance no, I no, I think uh, I think I think Cincinnati has a chance, but they're going to have to keep up. I think it's a matter of scoring as much po- as as many points as KC. I think KC is just going to roll. The Ricky Jackson. 
It's a boy Ricky Jackson. So it's zero chance. Ricky Jackson. Yeah. For those who are commenting, we appreciate it. If you can, usually I think there's a StreamYard thing that you have to accept the terms, in which case it can use your face and name when you're doing the comments, which makes it easier. But, again, no stress. Producer Mike's back there. He's following on Facebook and let us know who's saying what. Um, okay, so that game, again, good. That kicked off the weekend. You say, oh, that was a tight one. Well, last second field goal. They got him yeah. down there. Burroughs got him down. They kicked the field goal. McPherson, a yep. Florida kid, you know. I mean, the guys, that guy's got ice in his veins. There's a video mm. on TikTok of him at the practice facility in Florida kicking the ball, and it spins the Gatorade top off. I don't know if you've seen that. I, I saw Dang. that today. I'm like, is that real? Come on, man. I don't know how many times it took him to do it, but whatever. Right, exactly. How many times did you put <laughs> Amazing. Then you go into the Saturday night game. Yep. 49ers at Green Bay. So we got both number one seeds. Tennessee's, they're out. Packers, number one seed in the NFC, hosting the Niners. Did you think – I can look right here. I can see who we got. All of our picks – we got Packers yeah. minus five and a half. All three of us took it. Yeah. The Packers take the ball. I think it's their first drive. March at 80 yards. Punch yeah. that sucker in for a touchdown. This yeah, is going to get ugly. That was the only nothing touchdown they scored. That was it. Nothing after that. Yep. And nothing. This is one of those <laughs> games. The weather was bad. It's in Lambeau. It's snowy. It's minus. It's two degrees Fahrenheit, which is like minus 27 or something like that. I forget. I did the conversion. Yes. Like, it's cold. This favors, this always favors the Packers. It should. Right? In history? I mean, it did for the most part. Like, what did Garoppolo do? <clears throat> well, actually, what did Rodgers do? Rodgers threw for 225. He was sacked five times. Okay. Garoppolo yeah, threw Garoppolo for 131. Garoppolo's not not impressive. I threw a I pick. Mean, when, he ha- when, he, when he had to be down the, at, at the end, that last, that last drive. I will say this. I, the whole time I'm like, Jimmy G sucks, he sucks, he sucks, he sucks. He does suck. But he also put balls on, right on Kittle's hands. He put yeah. one right on, it yeah. uh, uh, wasn't Samuel. It was, uh, I think, Evans, 15. Yeah. Is it Evans? Um, uh, no, he's Mitchell. Sorry, Mitchell. Um, Jennings. Jennings is 15? I believe so. Okay, that's why he's only got one for six because he had one that yeah. hit him in the hands earlier and stuff too. Um, mm-hmm. Debo was banged up a little bit too, but he put some throws in there that I was like, ah, that was a good throw that should have been yeah. caught. Now, you know, your stats as a quarterback is determined on the receiver catching it. Otherwise, it's for not. Um, so, whatever. I still blame Jimmy G. Maybe that's why it wasn't caught. Anyway, whatever. He threw some good balls, but ultimately – he didn't do anything. He threw an untimely pick at the time they thought might have costed them. You know, only threw 131 yards. The Niners are a rushing team. They have very creative rushing attacks. Their scheme is very creative. Very creative. It's a lot of fun to yeah. watch. Yeah, the receivers run a lot of, a lot of the... Uh, you know, you, you try and get Debo the ball. So Debo's uh, something else. Like, he's going to be right up there from fantasy football type drafts. Like, He's fun to watch. He he gets the ball in all these different scenarios. But Green Bay still held him. If I do the math, which is my math is whatever, it's like 114 yards, let's say, 115 yards of rushing as collectively by the 49ers. So the, the Packers' defense came to play. Yeah. You say, you know what, we stop your run and we're going to make Jimmy G throw. And you say, well, he threw for 131 yards. So, all right, that's nothing as an NFL quarterback. You ran for 115. You threw for one, for 130. You got under 300 yards total offense. Okay. And you say you're going in Lambeau. You have uh, Rodgers throwing the ball, you know, 225. What do they uh, rush? I mean, they only rushed about 70 yards uh, between yeah. uh, Jones and Dillon. So, not great. Nope. But – what was the difference? Special teams. That third yes. team everybody doesn't want to talk about because it's not sexy. It's not offense. It's not defense. It's True. special teams. Ugh. I don't want to play special teams, coach. It sucks. I don't want to block for a field goal. I don't want to run down the field to tackle. On Who? that block field goal? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I'm <laughs> just going on a rant now. Yeah. Who's the best coach in college football history? Are you frozen? I am frozen. 
the best coach in college football history. We talking about Lou here? Nick Saban is the best coach. Okay. I'll, 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 that's a that's a layup. I'm gonna just give you that one there. I'm gonna take it and, and throw it down. Uh, Nick Saban <laughs> is the best coach in college football history. Bill Belichick is probably one of the best coaches in the NFL history. Like these guys, there's a reason when you watch Alabama play that Nick Saban has a guy who's his starting wide receiver is also a gunner on punt cover and oh, and he's right. down on kickoffs and stuff yeah. like that. Urban Meyer, I can't stand him now, but at the time he was he put a big emphasis on special teams. That's the stuff that's going to make you win or lose a game and nobody thinks about it. Nobody wants to to put the starters in cuz oh maybe they'll get hurt, maybe they'll whatever. Special yeah. teams won the 49ers of the game this week in sure. at the elite level playoff performing team in bad weather. You say, what do we need to do? Now, the Packers need to give up two points instead of trying to punt from their own end zone, give up two points and then kick it off because 49ers haven't done anything. I don't know why they were punting in the first place, like actually punting. But, hey, block a, block a punt, return it for, like a, kick, even if, for a touchdown. Even, even if there's emphasis on, on the moment, like, okay, guys, you see where we are. We're punting the ball. This is what we decide that we're going to do, you know. Be careful. If it's if this gets blocked, we got we gotta, you know, get down on the ball. Nobody could locate the ball. I know it was snowing and I know our view of the game was ridiculous. Right? Oh yeah. He was horrible. <laughs> but um, you know, you gotta locate the ball. And nobody it seemed like nobody made an attempt to see find the ball um, and get to the ball before uh, before it was able to get picked up by the 49ers. And and that that just blew my mind. I couldn't believe that that had happened. There's so. a few questionable calls this weekend. Again, 2020, easy to look back. 2020. Yep. But at that time in that game, I said, I said, give up two. Like, why don't you give up two? I don't understand it. Um, yeah, it brings up like field goal and stuff like that. But I'm like, that's just too close. Like you're giving a short field. They haven't done anything all game. The weather was getting even yeah. worse. Give up two, mm-hmm. say, you know what, you're going to have to beat us with an 80-yard drive, which I would have put on my money that, that 49ers would not have done. Jimmy G would not have done that. Debo Samuels was banged up, you know, in and out of plays. Like, mm-hmm. those are two key components of your offense. It's just not going to be there. Anyway, retrospect, you know, it is what it is, but um, I thought that was badly ma- bad managed. But Rodgers, again, he failed to deliver. So he's yep. getting that uh, that reputation that he just can't get it done. Uh, my roommate from Colgate, Ben, his little brother, Josh, you know, uh, is in Green Bay. I messaged him. How was it? He's like, I can't wait. Rodgers got to get out of here. Like, we want nothing to do with him. He also grew up in Detroit, so he's hoping that with Rodgers out of the division, the Lions will finally surge <laughs> and be that uh, NFC uh, uh, North victor. Um, North? Yeah. NFC North? Yeah. 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 Um, but – Anyway, we need Rodgers out of that division for that to happen. For sure, for and, sure. I'll uh, be happy to see him go if yeah. he does. <laughs> okay, well, moving on from Rodgers. Again, that's probably his last game as a as a Packer. Uh, somebody says it's definitely his last game in that uniform, yep. which, uh, yeah, it is what it is. It's time to move yeah, on. It makes, sense. it makes sense. It's time, 100%. So the, the next day, the Sunday, Sunday fun day, Talk about some games. 3 o'clock in the afternoon, we start with the Rams, the Los Angeles Rams of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tom Brady and his Bucks at home. And this was a runaway train early. It was 20-3 yeah. to three at halftime for the Rams, everything going their way, except for a, a late fumble by Cam Akers as yep. uh, they were going to go in for another score probably late in that half. I Fumbles the ball. Second. Was, that was, was his, that first. his first. He fumbled later on too. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but went down. That was another touchdown at that point. So if the score had finished differently, this would have been um, definitely a speaking point. Uh, anyway, fumbles at twenty to three. Come back. I think. Uh, yeah, the Rams score. Matt Stafford scores the touchdown in the third quarter. So they go twenty-seven to three. Q. Tom Brady, cue the uh, – uh, there's a meme where it has the Rams logo in the fourth <laughs> quarter, and then it starts to fade a bit, and the Falcons comes through a little bit, a little oh, bit more, no. and then it goes, oh, just kidding, and we go back to the Rams because it was that oh, close no. to another 24-point. No. Uh, uh, that's what it was looking like. Yeah. 
So Tampa comes back. They get a field goal. They have a rushing touchdown. And then Brady goes and gets uh, Mike Evans. A beautiful throw to Mike Evans for a touchdown. Fournette takes the ball in, scores a little too fast. I think they didn't want to score that fast, but he scored anyway. And it, with 46 seconds left and gave the, uh, the Rams the ball back. Now I'm live betting. And I have I, I took the Rams to win, and then I was like, you know what? Uh, it was uh, I forget. I could cash out or something. I was like, I'll cash out. I'll take what I've made so far. I'm going to put it on the Bucks because the Bucks had a bigger payout. Do it. You know, I see it. I have a better cash. I was going to take it out and then put it back on the Rams after. <clears throat> I'm at my brother's house, Curtis. I don't know if you're going to watch this. You're not in the thing today. I'm a chirp it. We're at his house. He has the boxes, the Android boxes. That's what we're watching it on. Which is great. It's great. It's cheaper. It's great quality, whatever. I have them all the time, too. But it really sucks for live betting because I'm about two minutes slow. So That's I know awesome. we've tied it up. We, the Bucks. I know the Bucks have tied it up because I put money in them. I got the Bucks tying it up. I can cash out. I'm like, I want to cash out so bad and say, hey, should I cash out? But I don't want to ruin the game for them. And then they score. And then by the time it does, it's refreshed. And now I can't cash out anymore. Anyway, so I end up losing the bet because the Rams end up uh, doing it. But. What's my Siri? I guess I must have acted my Siri. I'm like, who's talking? It's my watch. Anyway, yada, yada. I would have pitched it. But there's somebody. um, uh, Well, this is the Kansas City game. But anyway, this whole like live betting stuff, I love it. When you get somebody down, you say, you know, I could put money on the other one. The the odds are higher. And if you think they're going to come back, I'm super pumped that the Rams won. I love Matt Stafford's story. I mean, the guy's done wonders at a city and a team that has done nothing over the years. Look at his numbers. Look at his numbers. Like, I know it's not all about numbers, but look at what he's accomplished with, you know what I mean, not getting. It is about numbers when you're like, well, what? If you look at his numbers compared to their winning margin or their winning percentage, you say, well, that doesn't make sense. How are you getting all these numbers and you can't win games? It's because the organization, unfortunately, still has like this kind of loser Yeah, a lot of those games... A lot of those games were close too, you know. We're not talking about blowouts. Like I know, I know a win is a win, right? Yeah, and a win it was a win. It could be forty points. It could be two points. Yeah. It could be one point. But I'm happy for him. So he's done well yeah. with Detroit. So for him to go and Pep and I've talked about this. We said, you know what? It's really going to cement his legacy one way or the other. Is he going to be able to win with a good supporting cast and a team that is ready to compete and win? How can he do? So the fact that he went in and he beat Brady and he outperformed Brady, like he was really good. I don't think he threw any picks. Brady threw a couple of questionable uh, throws. Um, you know, he the, the D line for the Rams is second to none. So there's a lot of pressure on on Brady. But um, you know, Stafford came to play and he drove them down right. and got him in, into position for a last second field goal, which was awesome. So I'm happy that that they went. But um, I'm excited for the next game. Like, yeah. The 49ers have beat them twice, right? They've gone in, beat them twice. There's actually a big thing. So the I'll ask you this. The Rams are selling tickets, but they're only selling tickets to residents of the greater Los Angeles area. There's a, now this big Twitter battle between, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Whitmore? Is it Whitmore, the left tackle for the Rams? Big 77? Whitmore. Yeah, I believe so, yeah. It's not Whitmore. Something else. Whit- hey, Mike. Whitmore? Whit, uh, how did I not remember? He's one of my favorite linemen. Anyway, he's like 40. Um, anyway, he his wife had sent a tweet out saying, like, if you're looking to sell your tickets, don't sell them to, like, 49er fans. I'll buy them. And then at the same time, uh, Joe Staley, who is an old uh, retired left tackle for the Niners, and Frank Gore are on Twitter saying, if you're selling your tickets, we'll buy them because they're 49er fans and they want them. And so there's a big, wow. anyway, it really brought me to like Ottawa Senator playoff tickets. You know what I mean? Like they're like, you can't <laughs> sell them to Leaf fans Whitworth. or Montreal fans. Wentworth. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. Uh, yeah. Sorry, Wentworth. I, not that you're watching, but I want your jersey. You're a wicked player. You've done for so long and you're like over 40 and still performing. It's amazing. Um, but anyway, so there's this like back and forth and. Should they do that? Uh, I was going to ask you that. Like, what are your thoughts on that? Because it, it is really similar to Ottawa and Toronto from a hockey uh, perspective, you know, and Montreal even. They're like, ah, don't sell them to these guys because we want to have a, a home field advantage. It, I think it's going to happen, um, obviously. Like, in that, that's like Los Angeles of all places. Like, 
there's just I, I I don't think you're gonna be able to to stop that from happening. You're gonna you're gonna get people doing that. I don't even know how you would even be able to control that. Um, but I mean, yeah, I don't I don't I don't mind it to be honest. I don't, I don't mind that happening. Uh, I mean, it's not affecting me in any way. But uh, I think it's fun to see the the battle of the of the turf going back and forth. I think it's kind of cool. Well, we'll see how the tickets go, but, I mean, we're in L.A., so the divisional championship is going to be in L.A., and the Super Bowl is going to be in L.A., so it's going to be, oh, <laughs> it's going to be. Yeah. Yeah. So it's fun. it's fun. It's fun. But, hey, it's a problem that they created, so. Right? It's good it. for them. Yeah. All right, so we're going to move. Uh, I might bring Mikey in here for a second. <laughs> I'm having technical difficulties, if you will. Um, anyway, uh, where's Mikey? Mike, how's it going? I'm doing well. All right. You want to uh, – let's start. You guys start the Bills KC one, and I'll, uh, I'll check my system and be right back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I get to talk uh, Bills Chiefs and not uh, Packers. <laughs> I won't ask but why. I'll be I'll It was be painful there. even listening. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm a big Packers fan, so that it, it stung. And the whole time I was agreeing with you guys, I'm like, yep. The, the special teams, the Rogers playing poorly, the take, you know, taking me and take the, the safety. Yeah. Uh, one thing after another. Uh, Bill's Chiefs, what are your yes. first thoughts? Wow. What a game. Uh, honestly, um, I, I felt like that was one of the best football games I've ever seen. And, and I'm not the only one, like, ever seen. And I'm not the only one that's saying that. And those aren't my teams, you know, so it's a complete unbiased opinion. You know, I have a good friend who, who's, who's a viewer, Ricky. Shout out. Uh, he's watching right now. He big big KC fan, long time, and uh, you know I, I still couldn't. I didn't want to pick a winner from that game to be honest. I was yeah. just like, let them go, let them go forever, and, and let's just see what happens. Like it was amazing or, to watch. Or let them go till till one team can't score. You know, like it was back mm-hmm. and forth, back and forth. And every time the other team had an answer. Yeah. Uh, even when you thought, okay, that's got to be it. Uh, there's no way they can score with it this much time. Yeah, they, they complete the pass up the middle, uh, you know. And then on the replay, you can see it was not a prevent defense, but it was like prevent them from getting out of bounds, give them the middle mm-hmm. kind of thing. So yeah, it was one thing after another. It to me, it was as you say, it was one of the best games I've, I've watched, uh, best uh, playoff game I've watched. Yeah, uh, great way to end the weekend. The only thing, a bit of a sour, left a sour taste. <coughs> the uh, overtime rule and the fact that. Josh Allen and the Bills didn't get a chance when they answered the bell every time. Every time they, they came back and, uh, and and made a game of it, you know, and, mm-hmm. and put, put KC on their heels. Yeah, like I don't want to say, you know, if it was my team, um, you know, that got the toss and then scored first and then we won that, like, you know, I wouldn't be excited or if it was my friend's team, you know, but it just seemed like, like yeah, we were, we were shortchanged and, and, and there should have been more. There was something left and... And I mean, you could tell the Bills were still, you know, waiting, waiting to to play too as well. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I mean, hey, it is it is what it is. Uh, those are the rules. I got to give Josh Allen kudos for the way he handled those questions. You know, for a guy who played so well, mm-hmm. to then say it is what it is. We played within the rules of what how they're written, and he wasn't like. This sucks. We should have had an opportunity or anything. He just said, that's the way the rules are written. That's what we did. And he took it. And it sucks. But he's like, I'd be cheering too if we had won the coin toss. He was 8 0 in coin tosses, eh, up until that point throughout the season or whatever it was. So, of course, the, the one time it doesn't uh, work out for him. But Andy Reid also had a, <clears throat> a good comment at the end where he said that he talked with. Uh, uh, McDermott after, and he says that uh, he agrees that the over- overtime rules need to change because it's better for the game. He's like, to make things equal, it probably needs to be able to hit both offenses and both defenses, which I agree with. And I, while I have both of you guys, is this the only sport that has unfair overtime rules? It's the only one, like, I, I, I still so. don't. I still don't understand the. Uh, if you score a touchdown on first possession, that's game. To me, mm-hmm. you got to give the other team a chance to respond. Their their offense, you know. Um, so that's the only thing I don't get, and that's the only part I find unfair. It. Uh, I like a possession for a possession, you know. And if uh, 
if your defense comes up with a stop, the other team then gets to try. And I know that's a bit unfair because they've had it first and they could kick a field goal and settle for you know, a more sure thing. But it, it's, it's never going to be perfect. To me, that's a more, uh, it's a better way, if you will. So college football and CFL have the, each team has a possession from, now it's a little bit different for each one. It's from like the 25 or the 35 in the CFL, 25 in college. Um, that's like very much red zone. You can kick a field goal from right where you have the ball. I like that style, but I almost want to say, you know what, if we're in the playoffs, you want to make it a bit more like more game realistic. You say, okay, each one, you kick off. So each you're going to kick off to them. They're going to get it. They have a return. They might have the offenses set up, but you're not guaranteed any field goal anytime soon. Play it. You can punt it at that point, and then now the other team has the ball, and that's their possession. If they if you kick it off and they march it all the way down, kick a field goal, fine. They kick the ball to you. You march it down. you got to kick a field goal or a touchdown to win. If they score a touchdown, you kick it. Again, you need a touchdown to win, but you have the whole field you have to work through. So it's a little bit longer than just saying, you know what, uh, like even in college, they go to like their, their best two-point play if they uh, – they get to like round three. It's not even touchdowns and, and extra points. It's like a two-point play. So it's a really like let's get it going, which is fine for regular season. But in the playoffs, kind of like hockey, <clears throat> you want to make it as realistic as possible. So say, you know what, yes, you're each going to get one regardless of what happens. But you win a coin toss, you get the ball first or you don't, whichever one you want. It's almost like two halves. And you kind of would keep playing. So – you kick the ball off. If the, if you don't get anything, you punt the ball. Then you keep playing and try and get the ball back until somebody can score. And then it's like once each team has it, you say, okay, well, now it's game on maybe or something. But, um, yeah, you can't have it end on a touchdown without the other offense even having an opportunity on the field. Mm-hmm. That yep. being said, I'm a big Josh Allen <sighs> doubter, if you will. All season, the last couple seasons, whatever, since he's been there, I've always had that, like, there's something about him that doesn't scream my confidence. You know what I mean? He gets it done. He's got good stats. But there's always, like, now there's a question about, ooh, that was pretty lucky that he got away with that or whatever. Like, it just this playoff game was exactly how Josh Allen needs to play and how I expect him to play. He threw the ball when it's supposed to be gone. He made the right reads. He ran and dropped his shoulder when he needed to do it. Like he, wasn't, back. he wasn't trying to be fancy. He wasn't trying to do anything. And he, he didn't hitch and didn't, uh, like, hesitate on his decisions to run. He didn't hesitate on his decisions to throw. Like, he played. That's the Josh Allen. You sell me on that Josh Allen, I got a jersey coming in the mail. That is my guy. I think the offensive calls need to be changed a little bit. I'm not a huge fan of the coordinators. I'm not a huge fan of this defensive coordinator. But Josh Allen, I thought, played at a level that now he took that next step. That, like, I needed to see him do something. That was it. And now I'm pumped to see what he does next season and how he moves it. But that was, again, that was a statement game for me. Even though they lost, that was a statement game for me in terms of Josh Allen and what his abilities are and that he can still grow. What's your take on this defense? You got 13 seconds left. You go up by uh, three points. 13 seconds. They have three timeouts. What would you do differently? I mean, they're trying to pressure them to, to, to out of bounds, right? They don't want anything up the middle, right? Just like Mike and I were talking about just when you were – Taking care of your computer. For those, um, yeah, I was. I'm hydrating, and I could not hold it. I had to go to the washroom. Anyway, <laughs> I'm getting my water in now. I'm like, Mike, you gotta. I thought I started talking faster, like it was gonna make the time go faster. It's not. I just. Whew. Anyway. Yeah, I feel. I, I feel like. Uh, I, I feel like you know you don't want to give up a big play down the middle. Like that's that's like the last thing you want to you, know, you want to force them to kind of throw to the outside, but then keep them outside. And if you're going to have them in the middle, you want to get them down and short in the middle, and and that clearly isn't what uh, materialized. Do you squib kick it? <clears throat> A lot of people are talking. Do you squib kick it? I saw it? that too as well. Yeah. Do you? 
Would you? Would you go back and squib kick it? I think that was more of a factor in the, the Rams game. Easier to say now as well, but I don't know. I, I don't know. Anything can happen. Yeah, maybe That's in the Rams crazy. game. Yeah. But in this one, 13 but, seconds, they say, oh, it's going to kill four seconds. Well, maybe it kills four seconds, but maybe the ball only gets, you know, you're at the 40 now instead of the 25. And you say, well, am I going to give you uh, four seconds for 15 yards and be a, a shorter field? I don't know. Anyway, it's an option. I don't, I don't like, think I don't you like do that. that much. Um, I don't trust it. No, and I'm fine with that. Say, okay, kick it through. That's fine. I don't. They've been returning pretty good all all day, so you don't kick it like deep and expect you to maybe shorter and have a return. Although you know that's another option because that's a six seven uh, seven second play. Okay, maybe that happens. The first call on defense is a twenty yard cushion around three receivers: Kelsey Hill and one other receiver. And all he did is snap, give it to Hill, and say, "You're going to give me twenty yards for this." What's that? There's now I didn't get a chance to research it, but I remember hearing a story back in the day, like old school football, when this coach was down, it was like a last second goal line stance. You know what I mean? Like the the team has two or three chances to get in the end zone with the time and whatever. And he was notorious for putting a 12th man on the field and just making sure they don't get in the end zone. The clock is still going. They don't get time back. They would do that and then say, you know what? I only have to stop them one time. Because they kind of like keep taking the penalties. Make sure with the 12th guy or whatever it is, they would stop them. Again, folklore, I'm not sure. But I remember hearing this. And it made me think, if I'm playing Kansas City with 13 seconds left, I'm, I'm up, I'm two guys on Hill, I'm a guy on Kelsey, and I'm, I'm grabbing you. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just grabbing you. Hut, I'm grabbing you. Play's going to continue to go. They don't blow it dead. The time is going to continue to go. Sure, you get an automatic first down, it don't matter. It's 10 yards, it don't matter. But I'm going to grab you, and you are not going to beat me. You know what I mean? Right, yeah. There's something you about that where sure I said... you got to be sure of the penalty that you're going to take, that it's not going to you know, spare anything else. Like, yeah, uh, yeah, good call. They're not going to put the time back on the clock. They can't put the time back on the clock. You know, so it's, a, it's an automatic first down, sure. But that doesn't mean anything. It's... Uh, it's 10 yards when it's a holding one. It's not like a spot foul. You do it at the line of scrimmage anyway, like right off the line if you can. Try and hold them, whatever. But ultimately, like, look, just do whatever it takes to make sure they don't get in the end zone or anywhere near field goal range. Anyway, it was disappointing um, on the defensive calls. I found all day they didn't pressure Mahomes nearly enough. They gave, you give a guy like that so much time to run around and, and buy time, now, the D-line was close to getting to him, but he's got good feet and is able to get out of the pocket. And then it puts their D- their DBs in a situation where there is a holding call. There is something. You know what I mean? The, the more they can run around, the more you're going to get caught. So, I don't know. I think they, they had the number one defense this year. So, you're going to see the coordinators back unless they get a head coaching kind of opportunity because you can't fire a guy who had the number one defense. However, just like in college and and the pros – you need to build a defense and a scheme that is designed to only beat Kansas City. If you say, you know what, Tennessee's running ruckshock of us because that's their style and the Ravens because they're running down our throat, so be it. <clears throat> the Kansas City Chiefs are the cream of the cream at this point. You yep. need to make a defense to stop them. You know what I mean? That's and that's what the Bills need to do. Anyway, it was so close. I could taste it. I should have been going to Buffalo. We had booked hotels right before the game because we're like, it's probably going to get jacked up prices if they win. So we'll buy some that are refundable. They were canceled before the ball, uh, the confetti even hit the ground. Um, I am 100% on board with the I Hate Jackson Mahomes fan club. Um, He is the worst thing to happen in the NFL. If Patrick Mahomes has any... Uh, respect for his brand, he's got to tell his brother to, one, wear a jacket properly, put it on both shoulders, okay? You're a man, beat it, and get off the field. Stop acting like this. You're making me look bad. People hate me because they hate you. I just pay attention to the football. I don't even, yeah. (laughs) On Sean Taylor, come on. Come on. It drives me nuts. It it literally fires me up. I don't even call my son Jax anymore. I call him Cecil by his middle name. (laughs) Screw it. (laughs) 
Uh, okay, awesome. so we're getting close to the hour. We got all of those up. So let's go. We're going to do our picks in a second. <clears throat> okay. But let's go quickly back to the question. We're going to go over the question again. So for those who are... Uh, I don't think anybody actually commented necessarily, but if you have fourth and goal from the one-yard line, game on the line, who are you giving the ball to? Adrian Peterson. Now, they do have dates, so like the 2012 Adrian Peterson, the 2013 Marshawn Lynch, the 1996 Jerome Bettis, the bus, or 2020 Derrick Henry, which is another 2,000-yard performance at that point. Or do you have somebody off the board? So let's start with uh, let's go with Sig. You're our guest. You start. Sure, Who do you got? Sure. I like. I'm, I'm biased, but but for a good reason. Adrian Peterson. I'm, I'm going with AP on that. Um, really? Speed. Yeah, yeah. Speed and power. He was he was one of the backs that uh, when I when I thought of making a, a potential comeback. <laughs> that I was still that I was still watching this this guy like his cuts his speed you know um, I'm not even talking about like the situation in in the game and and what's happened in the game and the rushing and whatever I'm taking AP give me that yard give me that touchdown I'm going with AP all right all right we got an AP Mike who's your choice do you need them again or you have it. Uh, I got it, but they're, I mean they're all—they're uh, all good. But... You, yeah, you can't go wrong. <laughs> uh, but what I take uh, Derek Henry, I think because oh, you I can go short, wrong <laughs> because <laughs> because I have a short memory and he played last year. <laughs> and, uh, so, but do you get their offensive line? Because I would take Emmett Smith from like the early nineties. <laughs> that's that's actually—that's yeah. a very—I'll give you that. I mean. Yeah, you get because you yeah, know, especially fourth quarter when that O line was pounding on you for three quarters of football, and they just got heavier and heavier. They, and I can't, I can't take Derrick Henry because I feel that like everybody wants to show that they can take this guy out. Like everybody's loading up as as whatever, and they're like, okay, the ball's going to him. I gotta take this yeah. guy out. And when they do, they celebrate. Yeah, like I, I would celebrate if I took him down too. But I mean, they. I feel like it's a bigger moment when they tackle. Derrick Henry, as it is when it's Adrian Peterson, it's like, damn, we got a he got a touchdown. As opposed to, let's stop the king. Okay, I, I actually, I can really appreciate the offensive line comment, the fact that you need to have that. So I will give you that, and that's a Emmett Smith, Florida Gator, love the guy, love the guy now, hated the guy when I was a Bills fan, um, and basically, I mean, the holes. Emmett Smith, Barry Sanders. You say Barry Sanders. Imagine Barry Sanders with an old line like like Dallas. Oh. You know what I mean? But Emmett Smith times, had it. There were so many times he wouldn't get touched. Like, oh, the, I mean, up. like Full Larry Allen at left guard was making holes that I could run through. You could drive a, a car through there. Yeah. Imagine. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Emmett Smith is one thing. Imagine Oklahoma State when you had Thurman Thomas and Barry Sanders in the backfield. Anyway, so Emmett Smith, Dallas. This is a tough choice. I would normally actually go with, out of those four, I think I would probably go with Marshawn Lynch. Um, just his nastiness. I mean, the, the bus is there too, but there's something about Lynch, and I love Lynch. Like, I just love his attitude. I love, you know, his outlook on life, you know what I mean, and how much he loves it, and it's just like his legs just are, are just, you they can't stop stopped. them. Yeah. And then I think of Mike Allstott, and I think – now, there's a guy that might be a little bit harder to stop if it's straight downhill, one yard, and he's just got to fall forward. Mike Allstott's a guy that I think, you know, the guy was like 260 pounds or something, uh, just monster shoulder pads on him and stuff. I think he would be a little bit difficult to stop too. So he would have been my off-the-choice, off-the-board selection would be Mike Allstott, but I think I would go with Marshawn on that. So, anyway, you guys uh, who are listening can put your two cents in and let us know if we're right or wrong. Before we uh, wrap this up, we are going to get into our choices, um, our selections. So let me just quickly grab a quick marker here. I left the selections from last week. So the Tennessee Bengals game, I'd like to point out that Pep and Mike got that wrong. I got it correct. Now the Bills game, that's uh, Mike and I got that wrong. So that's 0 for 2 for Mikey. 
Pierre got it right. That was a minus two and a half. Actually, I'll need to have the uh, uh, the spreads probably for this one. Uh, we all got the Rams right, and we all got the Packers wrong. I think with a lot of America, we probably got that wrong too. So now we are dealing with the Bengals at the Chiefs and the Niners at the Rams. Any chance you have those spreads, Mike? Yeah, so the Chiefs are favored by seven. By seven, okay. And the Rams are favored? Rams are favored by three and a half. By three and a half in L.A. All right. Sig, do the honors. Who you got? Yeah. Yeah, I got KC that uh, against Cincinnati. I got KC going. There. By seven? Mm. We do the spreads here. Yeah, okay. No layups. No layups, eh? Only dunks. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. For sure, yeah. And then the Niners and Rams. Yeah, I, I'm picking the Rams there, too. I don't like the way that uh, Jimmy G played that last game. And uh, I think L.A., they're just they're ready to go. I, I feel like we're all going to be on the same page. Mike, do you I have any the, upsets in here, or are you the same ones? No, I got the same picks, yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, you know what? Make it fun. i can't even put my i don't even put it next to kc i don't know i have such a distaste for them right now um which is literally it's so petty the fact that it's it's because of that guy's brother andy Reid is such a likable dude like great coach he's the only guy too that was another thing he's the only guy that ever bring two teams to four consecutive conference championships he did the Eagles from like 08 to 11 or something like that, and now he's on four in a row with Kansas City. That's impressive. I mean, Andy yeah. Reid might, you know, I mean, he's looking at what? I don't know. Would you say he's top three coaches of all time? He's up there. Uh, I think he, he would have hosted all those games too, eh? Probably. Oh, for sure, yeah. I, I mean, Eagles so. back in the day, like the that DC was. ones for sure, but. Anyway, um, okay, uh, on that, we are going to wrap it up. We are just after 8, which is great. Um, I appreciate, Sig, I appreciate you coming in to, uh, to help with this. Mike, as always, um, it's definitely appreciated that you're here. Uh, thanks for Hello. stepping in. That's uh, Sig's outro song. We are going to go out to a song that has been in my head ever since the, um, the Kansas City <laughs> Buffalo game. Um, it's the clean version it's thinking of the overtime rules and whatever and uh yeah again this is the clean version for cap city beats but uh this is abc by i guess it's gale or something anyway there's a a better version that matches my feelings a little bit better (laughs) on that note stay safe uh, hopefully things open up by next week a little bit more too. I'll see if uh, Pep's schedule opens up a bit more as well. And we'll see you guys next week after the conference. The Super Bowl will be set. And then we'll have some uh, some prop bets to go over. But thanks for uh, coming out. We'll see you guys next week. Sweet. Thanks for having me. Have a good night, guys. I don't do the full songs anymore, especially when they're, this is just to get a fuck you in there is what I wanted. (laughs) Yeah, I figured.